And I think it's time that we start the conversation to silence the shame. Silence the shame. Silence the shame. Silence, the shame. silence is the difference between treatment or pain, life or death. Silence the shame. Speak up now and silence. 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 Silence the shame. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your host, Shanti Das, and you are tuned in to episode eight of the Silence of Shame podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Free the Vision. How hey, are you, Free? I'm doing good, Shanti. How are you? We are good. I just got finished doing a, um, a wonderful uh, series of events for Minority Mental Health Month, and we're continuing to spread this message of erasing the stigma around mental health. And today... I am so excited about this next guest, and it's a real honor that he even agreed to be on our show because I know he is extremely busy mm-hmm. this and is has a wonderful career and has um, really done so much around mental health um, over the last few decades. So we are truly, truly honored to welcome to the show Dr. Siri Satnam Singh. How are you, Dr. Siri? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes. So thank you again for agreeing to be on the show. I would love if you could share a little bit about your holistic approach to therapy and how long you've been doing it and where you're based out of. And then tell us about that wonderful show that you have on Viceland called The Therapist. Well, let's see. I've uh, been licensed for over 20 years now. And I'm based in Los Angeles. And um, I really do have a holistic approach. I course learned all of my clinical theories in school mm-hmm. and to uh, augment that I have a long history of yogic practice. Really? I work with yes I do. Can I share something with I, you? So my father's please. from India and my name means peace so you might have chanted my name Om Shanti Shanti <laughs> in some of your of practices. Course. I actually thought you were one of my peers. Shanti <laughs> has a podcast. <laughs> oh wow, that's so cool! <laughs> I was like, "What did Shanti get a podcast?" I love you it. Know, it's actually a, a peer of mine who, last time I heard from her, she was in New Mexico, and she's a a yogi, and she's oh, wow. actually a therapist herself. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. I'm sorry. I just thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> well, yes, of course. And uh, so I started doing yoga. Oh, I've been doing yoga for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started working with the master uh, Kundalini, uh, master teacher of Kundalini Yoga, Yogi Vajan. Mm-hmm. And I actually became the first director of teacher training of Kundalini Yoga way back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so I really am very knowledgeable about the yoga. I know there's a science. So I have augmented that spiritual knowledge, that orientation to life with the uh, clinical practice that I have. And it's come to really make a very beautiful, holistic model. That is fantastic. Now, I know that you launched the show, The Therapist, on Viceland. Was it earlier this year or was it 2016? May 8th is when it first premiered. That's awesome. And you had um, some really impressive uh, guests from pop culture and hip hop on there, such as the late Prodigy, Young M.A., Y.G., Katy Perry, uh, Drum, Waka mm-hmm. Flocka, and Joey Badass. I was, Joey Badass. I was just so, one, yeah. inspired because being a mental health advocate and Dr. Siri, I'll share with you, my father committed suicide when I was seven months old and my uh-huh. best friend committed suicide. And I have family members that suffer from bipolar disorder. And so... 
It's something that I dealt with my entire life. And I've also had suicidal ideation, even though I've had a really successful career in the entertainment Uh business. So when I saw a show like this, you know, I thought, wow, this is really awesome because as you know, in entertainment, it's really difficult for celebrities and even executives in that space to talk about their mental well-being. Do you find it more difficult uh, to create a comfort zone with celebrities versus non-celebrities as your clients? Or what is the difference, if anything? Well, I think everyone has a guard up. And the celebrities may have more of a guard up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anybody that comes to therapy, I don't care how much they're paying, I don't care how intelligent they are i don't care how problematic they may be experiencing their lives to be everybody has resistance yeah and uh so that is where the skills of the therapist come in and being able to make a safe space to where those guards fall down and uh that is the I think on the show, I really make it look easy. <laughs> yes, you <Yeah>. do. <laughs> Agreed. Because that stigma you know? is still there. Mm-hmm. The shame and stigma is, is what we're trying to fight with our initiative, Silence of Shame. And I think we all experience that, right? Yes. Yes. So, but I have to create that therapeutic alliance. I mean, anybody that comes to therapy on the show, I mean, they, they've already consented. Mm-hmm. At the same time, if those clients those celebrities do not feel me to be authentic, mm-hmm. they will get up and walk off. I have been told that several times by the managers of these celebrities. They said, God, he sat there the whole time with you. And he, like, for example, young M.A., her manager told me that, you know, she hates interviews. She hates interviews. Wow. And said if she didn't have to go somewhere, she wanted to stay some more and spend some more time with you. Wow. And what a blessing. Yes. I have had that almost with every, uh, like, for example, we've done Chief Keith. And he's going to be the first uh, one to be viewed on, on August 8th. Is that when the show second. relaunches? That's when it relaunches, August 8th, the oh, next fantastic. end. We have, we've Perfect. done like 20, 22 or 23 episodes that are in the camp. They've aired 10, and so the second season is starting up here. And so Chief Keith. I was honestly traumatized when I was like, oh, my God, I was looking at the interviews he had done, and he doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, my God, they set me up for failure. What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> but that speaks to the blessing of what you've you know, you've been able to pull out in Very true. And, and one of the questions yeah. that I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, that I wanted to ask, after you've spoken with them, have you had any celebrities that's, asked to like continue to either do therapy with you without naming names or anything like that but just like that's been interested in continuing to see you outside of the show several have mentioned that and so you know not so i can't of course yeah, oh, yes, yeah. No, we didn't want you to have, disclose names none have uh <laughs> as of yet uh but i have had several while they were in the show to said oh i want to work with you mm-hmm. uh, again yes, several more than I would say at least half. I mean, of the 22, I don't I don't know how many episodes we've done so far, there has not been one client that we did not connect with that was like, like on the first episode, it was so interesting. Uh, Freddie Gibbs said, you know, the yeah. only thing we missing, man, is a blunt between us. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just try to go for my life and stuff. 
<laughs> well, you know what? I, I, th- I just want to commend you, Dr. Siri, because one, what we're trying to do, again, is to educate and create more awareness um, around therapy and getting help. And um, I was just uh, on a panel um, with a young lady over a week ago at the National Urban League, and she's a doctor, she's a therapist, and her quote was, therapy is a spa for our souls. That's a great quote. And I think that's mm-hmm. what you've been able to do, um, just from your holistic approach and, and being able to to really kind of, you know, pull these celebrities in in a certain comfort level that many people might not have been able to do. And so I, I just want to commend you on the work that you're doing, because, you know, even if they don't, you know, come see you, the fact that you're opening them up to the idea mm-hmm. brings down therapy, a barrier. Yes. Like, I don't know if you know what you're doing, but you're making a huge impact. Wow. And there is a part of me that is sort of unaware, unconscious, and not really knowing the impact that I'm having. Like, for example, the editor was telling me, you know, he says, and he's just so, you know, respectful of me. And, you know, when you're inside of yourself, you sort of just inside yourself. You know, you, you know, you know, you have two legs and two arms and everybody else does too. Mm-hmm. And can everybody else do this? You know? right. <laughs> and, and so he said, he says, Dr. Siri, he says, I'm just so respectful. I said, well, thank you. He says, you know, you give us a lot of good, good, good material to edit. And he says, if you didn't give us anything, we wouldn't have anything to edit. I was like, oh, okay. The director said the same thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I'm sort of, you know, sort of. Not completely aware of of that, but I'm, I'm flattered. No, it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this: What's been one of your most memorable experiences so far? Um, you know, with any content on the show or anyone you've interviewed? Well, it was so interesting. I there've been a lot of memorable moments. I mean, just the whole show itself is just one beautiful memory. And what there was one because I mean, the uh, when they aired, it's only twenty two minutes. Okay. But I'm literally sitting there for about three or four hours with those clients, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like mm-hmm. three or four sessions and they edit it down to 22 minutes. Right. And so I have been sitting there with uh, Corey Taylor for several hours and uh, we were getting ready to complete the session. Mm-hmm. And then he made that disclosure about that sexual impropriety that occurred to yeah. him mm-hmm. when he was in his youth. And I mean, it was the end of, I was like, and that's what clients often do when they feel safe, the thing that's really bothering them, they will disclose at the, I've had clients walking out the door, you know, in my private practice and say the most deep, disclose about that deepest wound. I was like. So do you is does that become difficult to dig into? Like with it being the end, do you have the opportunity to like kind of go further with them? Like or is it kind of like, man, well, this is all the time that I had with this celebrity. So now it's kind of like you understand what I'm saying? Does it create a challenge? No, no. We I went another hour or so to make sure that he was okay when I left. Okay, great, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the questions, one of the other questions I had is, do you find any like commonalities with mental health struggles amongst celebrities with non-celebrities? Or do you find um, maybe like a more common thread with people who are non-celebrities versus celebrities? Does that make sense? Yes, of course it does. 
I think the that word that comes that is sort of central to both and maybe even more difficult for celebrities is to be authentic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That you makes know, sense. That, you know, the celebrity has this, like, for example, the Katy Perry episode. That's what it was all about. That, yeah. You know, that's a very sweet, you know, genuine lady, at least my experience in sitting with her. And she was completely conflicted about her uh, celebrity uh, persona and the real human, you know, Catherine Hudson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the challenge of, of a lot of celebrities in particular, that they have to let that guard down and who am I and who was I before this and what do I have to be to them and, you know, and letting all the of that. Down. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it's quite a challenge, you know. And then the other thing I've seen between celebrities, and what I think is uh, integral to you know those of us who are not, are is trust. They don't have sure. trust. Sure. Well, I, I think that's one of the biggest things. We talked about that in in one of the panels that I did. Is is finding someone you can trust, whether that's a therapist or a family member. You know, so many people are suffering in silence and afraid to talk about any of their mental health issues or things that they've experienced. And that's the big reason is because they don't know who they can trust. Yeah. Yes. Well, I would like to put something out there in terms of those who come to therapy. I consider those not crazy people. I consider those very conscious people. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Because the crazy people are out there doing the crazy things, (laughs) not knowing they're crazy. Mm -hmm. You're right. Very true. (laughs) And you know what I find in in certain cultures, you know, therapy is a part of their regular, you know, daily and weekly Mm -hmm. regimen. Like, Mm -hmm. it's no big deal. It's like, okay, I have my therapy appointment here. Then I got to go here. I got to go grocery shopping. I got to pick up the kids. Mm -hmm. It just rolls Mm -hmm. off the tongue like any of their other normal daily activities. And that's what we're trying to do. I'm sorry, go ahead. It's so interesting that uh, I should do the current research, but when I was getting my, uh, doing my graduate work in uh, psychology, mm-hmm. I researched, and that is the, of the top, of the top 10 arenas of graduate work that African-Americans go into, mm-hmm. it is the lowest. Really? Mm. Black people do not go into the field of psychology. Yeah, oh, we've wow. had we've had some counselors on before that actually said another African American counselor who mentioned that when he started doing the work, um, and his has been maybe a little bit more recent than you've been practicing, that he didn't have any peers that looked like him that was doing the work either. So that seems to be still a constant right now. Yes, it's like we go into biology. We have a lot of African American doctors. Mm-hmm. We got lawyers. We got businessmen, but we have so few African. Like, I think in California, the uh, rate is like less than 1% of licensed MFTs are African-American. Less than 1%. Are you kidding me? That was the latest statistic I read. Less than 1%. But that goes to show you the uphill battle, you know, that we're facing in our community. And again, that's one of the the main missions of, of our Silence of Shame movement. Of course, we're trying to, you know, erase the stigma in all cultures in the human race, but you know, we are certainly taking a hard look at the African American community and, and trying to, to really make an effective change in that community. Um, I want to go back to the show uh, for a second. Um, I noticed that you had the opportunity to interview the late great prodigy. 
from the mm-hmm. uh, hip hop group Mob Deep and may he rest in peace. Um, that was a really interesting episode. And I noticed he meant, mentioned um, in one of the clips that I saw that there was a situation that kind of thought that that led him into having some mental distress. Um, can you talk about anything from that show um, as it related to Prodigy's mental health and, and how he reacted to you being a therapist? Well, we had so much um, of of all of the uh, individuals I interviewed. Uh, Prodigy, I had the most uh, connection with on mm. one level mm. because the gentleman that uh, brought that sort of discovered me as a therapist, healer, yogi, was someone that he was endeared to, and that mm-hmm. was Michael Peters. Mm-hmm. Michael Peters choreographed Thriller. Oh, okay. Michael yeah. Peters choreographed Dream Girls. Yeah, I'm familiar. On Broadway, the original, um, and so Michael was, you know, a very good friend of mine, and so Prodigy's grandmother. Uh, Bernice Johnson had this dance studio, and Michael Peters was was her one of her main prodigies. Oh wow! And so was Ben Vereen. Mm-hmm. Wow! And as a yogi, I also worked with Ben Vereen. Like if you get into Ben Vereen's recipe, really respect series out my thing. And um, so anyway, I had all of those connections, and when uh, Prodigy, I mean Prodigy, would often come out to L.A. And Michael, you know, of course, who was older at the mm-hmm. time, would take him to Universal City and all like. So he had all these fond memories of Michael Peters. Wow. And, uh, and he was, Michael was one of my best friends. And so we had that connection. But in terms of, of Prodigy's mental health, I think he got insight, you know, during mm-hmm. the session. I think there was some cognitive restructuring mm-hmm. and uh, some different reframing of information he shared mm-hmm. that I think he was cogitating. I, I mean, in terms of how much he changed, I don't know. Right. But, you know, it's like the, the whole thing, like with the network, I was like saying, you know, I need to see these guys more than once. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. bring them back to season two. You know, how the therapy has impacted them. Like I heard from someone who had been interacting with YG that he was different after the session. I was like, well, see, we don't see that. Because yeah. I don't see them again. Sure. You know. So yeah. That's great news. Is there anyone on the upcoming um, season, season two, that you did interview in season one? Or have you had any celebrities that have called you to kind of request to come back on? All of them want to come back on. I mean, oh, I that's mean, great. That's really good. I haven't had any negative repercussions from the session that's there awesome. or afterwards. I mean, I think Nathan Williams said it, and they actually edited that in, is that, I don't want to come to this shit, but I'm glad I did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing I will say is I think you and the network, right, they do a good job of not exploiting Mm -hmm. anyone. Because this is something that's so personal, um, that was one of the things that, you know, I was looking for when I watched it. Because, of course, you know, there's so many sensitivities, right, when you're talking about mental health and someone's personal psyche. And I just appreciate the way you kind of approach, you know, the interviews, just yeah. the respect level that's there between you and, you know, the client, if you will. And I wanted to ask, had you worked with celebrities before actually doing the show? Or was this your first time having to, like, actually have sessions with celebrities? No, I've actually had celebrities beforehand. I Okay. 
Um, yeah, so... Um, like in your private practice? Yes, I, I had. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Very, very uh-huh. good. Wow. Yeah, often, I mean, one t- I remember one time a celebrity came in and, and his wife had called. Mm-hmm. And so... I didn't know who it was, and they didn't disclose the name. And so mm-hmm. they said, you know, I want to book a session with my husband. I was like, oh, okay, fine. And he walked through the door, and I had to contain my... <laughs> <laughs> you had to put your therapist hat back on real quick. <laughs> contain my, my, my surprise to get back into that neutrality of, you know, I want to say, oh, sure. my God! <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's really cool. Um, so uh, just a couple more questions, and we won't hold you too much longer. But, again, we're just so grateful to have you on the show and to be able to have you on right when Season 2 is about this to come back on. What everything. a blessing. Um, tell me, um, Dr. Siri, can you give us some uh, some tips around how yoga helps to relieve or even just exercise and, or question. meditation helps to relieve anxiety or mental health in your practice and what we can do from a self-care uh, perspective? Only psychiatrists can prescribe medication. Okay. So, for um, uh, yoga, it's so interesting. All of the yogis of my generation, mm-hmm. we were all crazy. <laughs> 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 we were crazy. And, and I'm not going to mention any names, but some of the top yogis now were the biggest drug dealers. And, wow. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, and now just is respected for their evolution of consciousness and their, you know, uh, their spiritual development. So yoga can really transform you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, spiritually, mentally, and physically. Now, And it was so interesting because um, I was actually one of the first way back in the 80s to start teaching yoga on a private level. Okay. And... Um, and I saw, however, there was a limitation that yoga doesn't really work on the emotional level. It uh, it can make you very calm and, mm-hmm. and centered, but you still have to work on that emotional level from an emotional perspective. I think it can put a film over your emotional self. I don't think any other yogi will say that, and I hope they don't stab me in the heart. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but that's what I saw a limitation there. Mm-hmm. And so that's what prompted me to go into clinical psychology to really get a mentally, physically, and emotionally. This is what I'm getting at. It's like, for example, you can go to these, we, we have the history of these churches, right? Yes. Yeah. So you have these very evolved men spiritually mm-hmm. who are doing very inappropriate things with the flock. Yes. Mm. Yes. May it, yeah. Do I have to get any more clear? Sure. Yes. So that so you can be spiritually very evolved mm-hmm. and emotionally debauched. That's a great that point. That is a wonderful that point. That is a great Which point. Which obviously leads to mental health issues for that flock. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you have to work on all of those arenas. You have to work in the spiritual arena, that is the yoga, that is the meditation, that is all of that. You have to work on the mental level to where your mind becomes your friend. You've got to work emotionally. So when you get angry, it's so interesting that you can, like, for example, anger is not dealt with. We always think, you know, holy men don't get angry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
But anyway. <laughs> quite the contrary. My, no I'm kidding. Oh my God, my yoga teacher, master uh, uh, Yogi Rajan. I'm so glad I had him. He really modeled that. You know, like sometimes he says, "Oh, she's nothing but a get her out of here. She looks like a." And the next thing would be like, "What's for lunch today? Forgetting what we have for lunch today." And but the point was, he was making is that that is also a reality of our being, feelings. We have to learn how to effectively express them at the same time. When I get angry, I love to get angry. Mm-hmm. When I get angry, I'm going to ele- I'm going to grow and I'm going to elevate you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything inappropriate. I'm not going to get any do anything to put me in jail because if I disrespect my anger, I'm disrespecting myself. If all of me is God, I'm not the total God, but if all of me is God, and I have, and something has happened to bring me to where I feel disrespected, which has evoked anger. Mm-hmm. And for me not to effectively express that means I'm disrespecting myself and I'm disrespecting God. Mm. Mm. So amazing. I have to learn how to effectively express those uncomfortable feelings. Because mm-hmm. all of that is to be a total being, it sounds like. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I want to ask you a question a little bit off subject, but um, I was reading an article that was really disturbing. Um, there is a, a allegedly a game called Blue Whale. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but apparently um, kids or adolescents around the world have been uh, playing this online game. And so what you do is you join in. I think it originated in Russia. There was a young man in Mumbai that the police found um, who committed suicide. And so apparently these teens uh, have to like draw a well on a piece of paper and place the well on their body. And then they're giving other tasks to do. And the final task is to commit suicide. And I think that it is such a dangerous game. Um, And then to see, you know, it happened allegedly to a student or a kid in India and all around the world. What, What can you speak to about social media and how we really, you know, as parents and in and, and the village, if you will, of raising uh, kids, what do we do about uh, making sure that our kids understand the importance of mental health? And, and, and obviously something like this is really challenging to try to put the messaging out there for kids not to take their own lives. But do you have any thoughts on, on that? And I know you don't may not know a lot about the game itself, but that was just so so disturbing to see that there would be a challenge going on where kids would, you know, prompt other kids to commit suicide? Well, I mean, what I hear around that is, well, I hear a lot of things, I mean, that we'd have to address, you know, the, you know, the power of social media, number one, Mm -hmm. um, and how that is a two-dimensional arena. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also hear that teens are half adult, half children. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm hearing is that we, in this culture, do not have legitimate rights of passages. Mm, that's a great point. To enter them from that childhood into that adulthood. Mm-hmm. And so adolescents don't know their limits. Well, true. You know? And, for example, in the African culture, in some of the African cultures, they have the legitimate rites of passage to where 
the boy goes into manhood where the older where the elders take the young boy out into the into the woods into the forest and they put these masks on and they scare the evil out of them wow because mm-hmm. these young boys they have found like it's, it's a like it's so interesting on uh, what's that um Animal Planet, or one of those uh, television shows where they researched the animals, that there was this herd of uh, elephants, mm-hmm. and they were wreaking havoc in the in the neighborhood. They were destroying houses. All these little young teen uh, male elephants were wreaking havoc. They were destroying the houses, and they were wow. just running wild and a muck and the whole thing. And the anthropologists and couldn't understand it, and then they found out what what the problem was. They put one older male elephant among the tribe, and all the while, behavior stopped. Wow! Mm. Wow! And so, it is responsibility of the older men, the elders, you know, to mm-hmm. teach these young boys for the women to be models to the young girls. Sure. So in terms of rites of passage, in terms of what to do with that destructive part of self that is within all of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's wow. the light and the dark. So that is, that's within us all. Absolutely. That destructive, what to do with it. I see the D in God as destruction. Mm-hmm. It's in us all. Mm. Interesting. That's deep. Yeah, That's that really, really is. Deep. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that perspective. Um, well, I really am just, again, so grateful. Um, I know our listeners are so excited um, to have heard you on the show. Um, is there anything else you want to talk to us about um, before we leave, just in terms of what else you do or how we can follow you um, on social media and anything that's exciting about uh, season two of The Therapist? Or even one more thing, can they still reach out to you for a private practice? Yes. What is my email? I think it's Siri at SiriSatnam.com. Okay. I think that's the uh, web address that people are reaching out to me. Yes, they can come to me for private practice. Okay. Um, I have people emailing me from Australia, Nepal, India, Canada, England, Bangkok, uh, Beirut, and all throughout America, and I'm I return all my emails. I I answer everybody back. I put them on the schedule when I can. I'm getting a little booked, but still, I uh, <laughs> I consider it very. Um, you know, if someone calls out for help, I really do try to service them or to refer them to somebody they can. That's fantastic. Have you written any books, Doctor Siri? I have my manager. We have a book out there that we're trying to find the right publisher for. Awesome. So yes. And I started on the second book. So once they get started, I have to sit my nice little black butt down and write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we definitely want to support you. So we look we look forward to that as well. So yeah, tell yeah. us again, um, so our listeners know, when season two launches and when does the show air? It's August 8th. It's going to be on Tuesday nights now at 1030. Okay, okay. Tuesdays at August 8th. Mm-hmm. And, and the next 10 episodes, I think Chief Keith is in it, Laura Jean Grace, who um, is a transgender in Chicago. Oh, okay. um, 
let me see who else is in that episode. Uh, I think Damian Williams, who's a rock fella, awesome. uh, one of the Sex Pistols guy. Oh wow! Uh, from yeah, that's, uh, that's his really is very interesting. Uh, oh, I can't. Oh, Rich Homie Quan. Nice. Wow. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, we'll definitely help you promote those. Is it a weekly show or biweekly? It's weekly. Okay, great. Well, yes, we will we be could. tuned in and uh, certainly um, we'll uh, love to have you back on or, you know, any support or anything we can do with our mission, Silence of Shame. You know, hopefully we can continue to collaborate. Well, yes, I'm getting ready to do my, I'm getting ready to launch it, my first workshop. I have all of these people who want to work with me and so I'm trying to find the avenues to where they can work with me. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. so I'm having my first peer counseling weekend oh, fantastic. Um, in November and where it's just licensed therapists mm-hmm. and interns. Mm-hmm. And this technique has come to me that uh, I ask an old healer, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. This was 20 years ago. And so she said, do you know what you're doing? I said, no. And I, I did it on her. She says, you are transforming the cellular memory. Mm. And I see clients come from one session to the next session completely different. That just simple talk therapy could not accomplish in months or years or if ever. Oh, fascinating. And yes, it's like I had one lady come in. I can remember she hated her mother. I mean, hated her mother. She hadn't talked to her mother in years. And we did, I call it transfer work. We did the transfer work. And she came back the next week, uh, two weeks, I think. And she said, oh, you know, I talked to my mother today. We're going shopping tomorrow. Wow. I had to remind the woman of where she was. Hadn't talked to her mother in years. Wow. Can, I just want to ask something briefly with you saying that. What does the trans work look like or consist of? Like, if that's something that you it's, could share. Yes. I don't touch the client. I'm, I teach them. I share several pranayams, which are breath exercises, which bring them in relationship to their unconscious. Mm. And when we're there in that unconscious realm, all of those repressed memories surface, and when they come up in that session, they're being released. These are memories and situations that the client has not, has forgotten about that was so painful that he or she could not process them, and they repress them, and then they keep them suppressed, and then that becomes the silent control in your life mm-hmm. where you go, why do these repetitive patterns keep going? Why did I keep dating and they look different, but I wind up being the same person? Wow. Why is it I'm so intelligent and I and I know I'm smart in the whole thing and I just can't quite make the money I deserve? Or, or why is it I make you know, a thousand dollars and then my bills come up and something happens and I, my bills are eleven hundred dollars. I'm still broke again. All of those that that it makes the unconscious conscious and it releases mm-hmm. all of that repressed material and then you're free to be at more at one with your conscious mind, which brings you more at one with the super conscious mind. That's powerful. That is fantastic. Well, Gosh, I hope I can get my session right, in one day. Right, right. <laughs> we have Dang, to fly out to I L.A. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love it. I, you should 
can see me sometimes over here changing chairs. And I can see what you, oh, my God. You know, so. That's awesome. So we're going to send you um, a Silence of Shame T-shirt. And I know this is a big ass, but, you know, in case you want to wear it on the show one day, you know, we would. Well, <laughs> but you, know, you never know. But we, what, what size shirt would you like, Dr. Siri? I'm a medium. Okay. Well, well, when are you have when are you guys having panels and stuff for me to see on So something? yeah, so we are actually um putting together some really wonderful programming. We just had like three panels in July that was fantastic and we're looking to do some some more panels um in LA, in yeah. New York. Um we're also doing um an event in October around World Mental Health Day, which is October 10th. So I will get all the information over to your assistant. We will be honored to have you on some of our panels. Oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. I mean, we already have the connection. And now that I yeah. know you are a yogi and, you this know, Om Shanti Shanti, we got the connection going. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're okay, not going to okay. get rid of me that easy. So I look well. forward to uh, further establishing oh. this business relationship. And, and I just, you know, want everyone to support your show, The Therapist, all the great work that you are doing. I have to thank um, my new friend, Tanika Ray who I know is a friend of yours, and that's how we got connected. Yes. So um, blessings yes. to that sister for making this uh, wonderful, wonderful connection. We're so grateful. Right, Free? Yeah, that's yes. excellent. Yes. Thank you so much, Dr. Siri, for being on Episode 8. I know our listeners were so excited to have you, and we wish you nothing but continued success and blessings um, on your journey. Yes, and congratulations. Okay, well, thank you very much. I enjoyed it very much. Okay, have an awesome day. Okay. Bye-bye. If you or anyone you love needs a hand, please shine light on the darkness. Spark the conversation. It's time we silence the shame. Let's talk about it.